Hi. Welcome to the Better With Wine podcast. We hope to make your day or evening or morning, whatever, better with wine. I'm Gracie. And I'm Elena. We ferment and filter all this gritty info for your drinking pleasure. Yes, we do. Welcome to, I guess, our Monday, your Wednesday. (laughs) Yeah. Wind down Wednesday and turned up. Monday. Malbec Merlot. Malbec? I mean, Mal- oh my God. I <laughs> keep Monday. doing that. Malbec Monday. Mondays are for Malbec. And Merlot. And Merlot. And all the... Anything else that starts with an M. All the, all the wines. <laughs> yeah. Whatever you want. <laughs> Did you see that... That's um, really Madeira. <laughs> Madeira. <laughs> um, Montepulciano. Ooh. Did you see that um, Cameron Diaz is making wine now? Yeah, it's called, um, uh, oh shoot, Aveline. Yes, and it's vegan. Oh. That's her main thing. She wanted thing to make a vegan wine. Which, so, if you didn't know, not all wine is vegan. Not all wine is vegan. I, do you know why, what makes wine not vegan? Yes, the fining process. The fining process. Okay, because that's what I was thinking. And is it because of a yeast, or what is it? They use egg whites. Okay. <clears throat> or they use egg whites, and they sometimes use fish bladder, and I've seen they use, um, I actually I looked it, was like it up. like pig intestine. Yeah, they use animal byproducts. I looked it up. Um, it's like, in, you said it's in the fining process. So it's in like the fining in the, process. the fining process is filtration. Filtering, yeah. Um, I have a list, actually, if I can find it. Pause, please. Oh, okay, yes. So they use uh, casein, which is a milk protein, albumin, which is egg whites, gelatin, and fish bladder protein. Which is weird. I don't even know how they get that stuff. But yeah. So so vegan wine is vegan wine is just all man made. <sighs> yeah, and it's hard because they don't like you don't know what the fining or filtration process is unless they want to advertise it on the label. Yeah, that makes sense. So Cameron Diaz, who I know is like a known celebrity vegan, is apparently making her own wine because she can't drink a lot of the wines that are out there. She has some killer knife skills. Really? So I know know that (laughs) I, okay. I was just like randomly impressed by, I was watching her, one of her videos, it was promoting her Aveline wine. Oh, it was. Aveline wine. Okay. And it was, it was one of her, I want to say it was the, there's a white and a rosé. I want to say it was the white. Um, I don't know. It was one of them. It doesn't matter. Right. Anyway. Um, she was making a salad. It was like a cucumber sesame salad. Yum. And it was really, it, sound, it sounded awesome. It had like soy in it and it was soy sauce in it and it sounded, it sounded like awesome. But she was like chopping up things and she was like, it was in the summer. So it was yeah. like also like using fresh corn. Oh my gosh. And it just, it looked like it was such a great recipe, but Her she was skills. chopping <laughs> like a freaking like professional chef. She was like, Wow. Okay. And not cutting herself. And, like, the way that she was, like, she clearly is taking classes. Maybe she learned that in Charlie's Angels. (laughs) (laughs) Her knife skills. Yes. (laughs) She's badass. I love her. I don't know much about her, but I like everything she's in. I think, yeah. No, and she's shamelessly all about promoting, like, all of her things and Aveline. Yeah, why not? I mean, if you've got the confidence. I am so bad at promoting ourselves. I know. (laughs) (laughs) We need to work on that. Yeah, so she's got a rosé from French grapes and a white from Spanish grapes is what I read. Yeah. So So, I want to try them. I think that it was the rosé with the sesame. I think Mm -hmm. it was sesame oil, cucumber, corn, and... Something else. That sounds good. It was in parsley, I think, and something Some else. But yeah, it sounded delicious. 
And then pairing with whatever wine it was, I was like, that's a good pairing. Like, cool. Yeah. She knows what she's doing then. But no, she was like, da 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 I was like, oh, that's a random Damn, skill that I didn't expect you to have. <laughs> or was it her, just her hands? So maybe it wasn't her? <laughs> or did you see her whole body No, doing her whole it? body. Wow. It was really weird. I was like, that's okay. so cool. That's a good skill to have, Props, I think. Props, Cameron. That's funny. Well, today we're talking about Malbec. Yeah. Are you excited? I am. I love Malbec. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited, too. Big, big Malbec fan over here. You can find some really nice ones. So tell <laughs> me all about Malbec that, you, that you've that you learned this week, yeah, we or really, at least that you already knew. I and, have quite a bit. Um, it's hard because, well, we'll get into it. I'm just going to roll with it. You ready? I'm ready. Let's get into Malbec. So starting with the grape, of course, it is dark blue in color, and it bunches in medium-sized clusters. And Malbec produces wines that are full-bodied, deep purple in color, with medium tannins, medium to high acidity, moderate alcohol, and they're typically dry in style. Malbec has two parents, obviously, and they're two grapes you've probably never heard of. Uh, this is all news to me. One of them is Magdalene Noir de Charente, if I'm saying any of that right. And the second one made me laugh because it's called Prune Lard. <laughs> like, Prune Lard. Okay, <laughs> definitely never heard of that. That first one, the Magdalene, whatever. Yeah, Noir de Chavante. I think that one is also apparent to Merlot. I think you might be right. Sounds like a princess. Yeah, the reason why Magdalene rema- reminded me of Merlot's other parent. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. I so think I right. don't think that there are two grapes that are also that start with Magdalene. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there could be, I guess, but prune lard, <laughs> prune lard. <though. laughs> like, okay. That was cute. Um, (laughs) So primary flavors of Malbec are going to be red plum, blackberry, vanilla, sweet tobacco, and cocoa. And some secondary flavors you might experience can be dried herbs, dried leaves, boysenberry, iris, and raspberry. Mm. Delish. So good. So what's fun about Malbec is typically you can find a combination of red and black fruits when you're drinking Malbec, which you don't always see in red varietals. So we talked about Pinot Noir, that's mostly red fruits, Cabernet, mostly black fruits. Usually it will be red or black, but in Malbec, you kind of sometimes get to see both, which is fun. And your cooler regions uh, for Malbec are going to give off more of those red fruits, where your warmer regions give off more of the black fruits. And it's, I had a tough time with Malbec because typically we have all these fun regions to talk about, and today I'm really only covering two main regions. Yeah. So... Your cooler region is going to be France, or in a region called Cahors, or Cahour. I've heard the Cahor. S. Cahor. Cahor. <laughs> S is silent. Cahor, yahor. I've been saying it wrong all along. Yahor. <laughs> Cahor. Bring me a Cahor, yahor. <laughs> yeah. I'll have the Cahor, yahor. <laughs> oh, man. Do not order it like that in a restaurant. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Some good advice right here. A, not PC. Mm-mm. B, not respectful. It's just not very nice. C, I get it. It's funny. Please <laughs> is always really wonderfully used. Yes. <laughs> and that was a demand. Cahor. So. Yeah, right? Oh, my gosh. Um. So, yes, your cooler region. And also E. Also, I feel like a lot of people would not recognize what you're doing. Well, the Cahor. It's not a very common wine. This is true. In they, restaurants. I would, if so I... So, like, people would be like, what the fuck are you talking cahors. about? That's how I've always said it. Cahors. Cahors. <laughs> oh, well. <sighs> okay. No, you're good. <laughs> Love it. Cahor. Am I saying... I said, I'm not going to say it right this entire episode. Cahor, yohor. Cahor. Cahor. 
That's how you can remember it. Okay, so that's our the S cool is, reason. The S, okay, so the S is silent. Cahor. 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 And like the H is like a Cahor. Cahor. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> not that not that much, but no. yes. Okay. Well, then our other main region, our warmer region, is going to be Argentina, specifically Mendoza. And Argentina is really where we're going to focus today because that is where a majority of the Malbec in the world exists. So Malbec is a sensitive grape. It's sensitive to its environment, much like how we talked about Pinot Noir. And it truly does need a quite specific terroir in order to thrive. So the ideal growing conditions for Malbec are going to include lots of sun, which help develop their thicker skins and their pigment, and a higher elevation. And this is to preserve the acidity. Um, The higher elevation is important because while it does need a lot of sun, it doesn't need a lot of warmth. And it, I mean, it does need warmth, but it needs that cooling down process to preserve the acidity. It needs more photosynthesis yeah. from the light of the sun exactly. rather than the warmth of exactly, the sun. Exactly, exactly. So remember when we talked about diurnal shifts? Yes. That's coming into play Refrigerating here. Refrigerating. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I love that. So same thing in Argentina. The terroir there is going to refrigerate those Malbec grapes. So it preserves that acidity. If it doesn't get that kind of cool down process, the wine can become a flabby fruit bomb with no structure. <clears throat> so we don't want that. We want a nice, well-balanced, full-structured, beautiful red wine, right? I love it. Yes. Okay, so the main growing regions from Albec, like we um, mentioned before, are going to be Argentina, which is your Mendoza in France, almost exclusively in Cahors. Cahors. I told you I'm going to say it wrong the entire time. Um, other it's, like, regions. it's like you're saying Coors. Like, yeah, Coors. <laughs> like, don't get that Coors twisted. Coors Light. Coors Light. Oh, my God. I've never. Okay, now I'm going to say it right. <laughs> other regions we might find Malbec are going to be um, southern Washington State and some parts of maybe New Zealand and Australia. But really, Argentina is the star of the show here. So Argentinian Malbec is going to bring those black fruit flavors, a softer acidity, and a chocolate smooth finish. And in France, it's a whole other story. Malbec is very different there. You can expect a lighter style with more red fruit and floral herbal aromas. So I'm really excited to taste the two we have tonight side by side. So Argentina has really put Malbec on the map. It originated in Bordeaux as one of their main blending grape varieties, but it never became a top grape like Cab Sav or Merlot did. And this is because it is quite susceptible for disease and fungus, and the growing conditions in Bordeaux are not very good at preventing those naturally. So Argentina was graced with Malbec's presence by a French botanist who brought it over in 1860, and he found that the growing conditions there proved to be quite perfect for Malbec. Elevation is everything which with this grape, and that was also lacking in Bordeaux. So Mendoza, that's where we're going to focus now. It is the Mecca for Malbec, and Mendoza is a subregion within Argentina. This is the main region in Argentina for top-quality Malbec. Its popularity began to rise in the early 2000s when wineries were actually able to begin investing more into the production of wine. Now today, Mendoza makes up three-quarters of all Malbec in the entire world. Oh my God. Wrap your head around that. That's not just all Malbec in Argentina. That's all Malbec in on the, the whole planet. World. <laughs> yes. But that also like makes a statement about how much it's just these two regions. It really is. That's why I was like, man, we really are just in Argentina. Like that's all that really matters. Here. Right. right. <laughs> so it's, it's crazy. And we really probably should just be considering Argentina. But for comparison's sake, we're bringing in our French 
Cahor. 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 I'll get there. Okay, so a little bit about it's, Mendoza. It's, it's it's your accent. It's your <laughs> it's southern accent. accent. <laughs> We're going to blame it on the accent. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with it. Okay, so a little bit about Mendoza. I'll p- try to paint a picture here. Mendoza lies on a flat, high plain that sits approximately 3,000 to 4,000 feet above sea level. And it's technically considered a desert because it doesn't receive hardly any rainfall. Um, the soils in Mendoza are going to range between gravel, sand, and alluvial soils. And Mendoza is right next to the Andes mountain range, and those mountains are an extremely important aspect to this terroir that is so fantastic for Malbec. The Andes mountains act as a rain shadow, helping to provide the ideal growing conditions for wine. So if you remember, we talked about this when we were in Merlot in Washington, that rain shadow. Yep. So the rain shadow, I guess, like, because you said that it's it's blocking all of the weather patterns from Correct. the other side. Exactly. And so there are a lot of other weather patterns on the west side of the Andes Mountains. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're saying? So exactly. like it completely blocks all of that, which also probably creates that desert light. It does. That's exactly what happens. And that's like it's kind of the opposite in Wash or the, in Washington. I think it's on the other side. The desert is created on the other whatever. You know what I'm trying to say? I do. And then the Andes Mountains also provide the needed irrigation for the land as well. The snow peaks on the mountains actually melt down into the vineyards, providing the vines with the water they need to grow. So we said, I know it is really, really cool. So there's no rain, but luckily there's snow way up above that when it melts, it comes straight into the vineyards. And this technology, I mean, it does probably happen, you know, a little bit organically, but the Incans kind of invented the technology to where it goes exactly where they need it to go in Mendoza. So do they, in order to do that, do they like shovel like trenches or whatever? I would think so. I haven't looked into it heavily, but yeah, that sounds about right. I'm sure they've created little channels and whatever. So it just kind of rolls down exactly where they need. That's so cool. cool. I know. I just love picturing that. Yeah, it really is. Like, it's very cool. Okay, so Mendoza, in summary, is a very flat, dry, sunny, and almost pest-free environment to grow wine, and it gets proper irrigation from those Andes Mountains. And if you were to get rid of the elevation in Mendoza, Malbec would not be so great because those diurnal shifts would not happen, and it would be a flat, flabby, weird little red wine that we probably wouldn't be drinking. (laughs) It would probably be, like, super inky, super, like extracted it would be really different like like super sweet maybe sweet and like almost viscous yeah which we don't want sounds gross it does sound gross so luckily (laughs) we like we like the elevation high high (laughs) plateau that mendoza is is. absolutely (laughs) necessary so malbec from mendoza is going to have a plush black fruit notes medium to high acidity a smooth finish and moderate alcohol so, jumping on over to France, mm-hmm. Cahors. Did I do good? Cahors. You okay. did great. <laughs> Thank you. I think you're, like, afraid of saying Coors. I am. I am. I don't want to say Coors Banquors. Coors wine. Coors Lat wine. Cahors. So, this is one of the other regions you will find Malbec. France, of course, is where it originated. And it is still considered one of the five Bordeaux varietals, even though it's really used very sparingly just for blending. So Cahors is just east of Bordeaux, a little bit more inland, and here there are limestone soils which play a big part in the success of Malbec. 
The calcium in the limestone actually helps maintain the acidity within the grape late into the growing season. So there's not much elevation going on here, but those limestone soils help with the acidity instead of the elevation. Also, there's cooling breezes that come in from the Atlantic, which helps with the potential rot and the diseases. So that really helps keep the grape in the conditions it needs. And the warm daytime temperatures still allow for the ripening. Hmm. Yeah. So it's like double time. Uh, yes. So like the cooler area and then also yes, the wind. Exactly. It's got just the perfect combination of... So it doesn't have the altitude that mm-hmm. Mendoza does, but it has double time of other things. It does. Exactly. To help yeah. combat, or to I guess to help preserve the acid. Exactly. Absolutely. And in Cahors... Malbec is called cote, and I'm probably saying that wrong, but it's spelled C-O-T. I want to say cot, but French is probably cote. I think it's cote? like, I think that cot? T might be silent. Co? Oh, cool. 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 And it used to be called black wine there just based on its really dark, dark purple color. Cool. So that's kind of cool. And sometimes they're still labeled that way. So, um, so in Malbec and Cahors produces its darkest, most tannic style here, showing more red tart fruits as opposed to black fruits such as plum and raspberry, and sometimes you can even pick up on some pyrazinic qualities. Hmm. Okay, so that covers Argentina and France. I'm going to mention just a couple of other regions of note that you might find Malbec. Washington and California also grow some really, really great Malbec. And Malbec, same thing as in Bordeaux. In California, they typically use it for blending. You'll definitely see it blended with Cabernet and Merlot. Um, But you still can find some quality single varietals that are coming from Napa Valley because it is a much cooler region. And then Washington Malbec, I find to be amazing. This is an opinion. Uh, really, really great, quite underappreciated. And Malbec has actually surged to be the number five red wine harvested in Washington. So it is actually a very popular grape. Um, but I feel like a lot of people don't know about it. So yeah. I'm here to tell you that it's worth a try. Okay. And there's still, I mean, Washington wines are great because they're still a great value. They're not going to be crazy expensive. Well, and also... If it's from Columbia Valley, exactly. it's in the desert, mm-hmm. in the rain shadow, just like Mendoza. It's the same thing. So I feel like those play with each other to help. Definitely. I agree. So Malbec actually hasn't, I mean, just like all Washington wine, has not been there for very long. So it's it's up and coming. <laughs> Let's just leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Um, you can expect more dark and maybe some blue fruits out of Washington Malbec and some spices and oak on these wines. And lastly, I'm going to mention is New Zealand. New Zealand and Australia actually do grow a little bit of Malbec. It's a newer region for Malbec. And it's, it's an interesting one if you can find one. Get your hands on a New Zealand Malbec. Ooh. It's in the same hemisphere as Argentina, but a ton more ocean influence and a lot of different winemaking techniques they practice. A little more modernized. Um, so if you can find a New Zealand Malbec, definitely worth a shot. I'm here for it. Me too. All right, are you ready for some fun facts? I'm ready. Let's do this. Okay, so starting off with what we all know and love, or I guess oh, yes. love to know. National Wine Day. <laughs> or Malbec Day. International Malbec Day. International Malbec Day. Malbec Day. Um, okay, International Malbec Day is April 17th. Ooh, so that's coming up. coming up. Love it. Um, the day after my mom's birthday. Oh, happy birthday, Mama. Because she likes Malbec too, doesn't she? Uh, maybe. We'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> She's gonna. She's gonna like it now. <laughs> um, okay, so pairing food pairings. Oh yes. Okay. So you guys are gonna absolutely love this. 
Dun, da, da, da. Malbec is a perfect pairing for steak. Yes, it is. So it just pairs super well with earthy flavors, iron, gamey and gaming, gamey foods. Um, if you're vegetarian like myself, um, it pairs very well with blue cheese. So Yum. anything funky and earthy. So mushrooms, um, funky herbs like coriander and cumin, clove. What about like fake meat? Do you think it would work with it? Well, let me say this. What we're having for dinner <laughs> It's going to work. It's, it better work. Yeah. So we're having um, just like a very not They're enchiladas. Well, it's not even... It's, it's enchiladas. Enchiladas. <laughs> enchiladas. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's not uh, authentic at all. It's, we're, it's a hodgepodge. But uh, it's... We're doing um, the impossible meat. Mm -hmm. We're doing ground impossible Mushroom, meat pepper. with mushrooms, red bell pepper, onion, um, obviously some seasonings. So like cumin and coriander seasonings. <clears throat> Inside, we don't have corn tortillas. We're using flour tortillas instead. I like of, flour tortillas. I mean, it's going to be a soggy burrito essentially. It's fine. <laughs> and then <laughs> we're, we're doing sauce we're on doing it. a mole um, enchilada sauce. Yeah. I guess I guess mole sauce on top. So it's going to be great. It's going to be pretty pretty damn so good you know how it pairs with impossible meat yeah well i mean impossible meat is naturally not naturally at all not naturally <laughs> take that back i take that back a lot uh, <laughs> um impossible meat was intentionally made to have a high iron content um oh, perfect yeah so that's where it, like that's why it, it bleeds and that's why it's red and whatever they actually uh, created a plant-based hemoglobin that Whoa. creates a blood-like flavor and color. That's so crazy. It's really cool. It's good. I it's like science. it. science. My Miles is a vegetarian, too, so he loves the impossible. Oh, he finally went vegetarian? Oh, he's been for like oh, I didn't a know year, that. I think, yeah. Well, okay, no, he's pescatarian. I, I was going to say, I I'm thought sorry. he eats some, some He fish. eats seafood, but he doesn't eat meat, but he loves the impossible meat. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, no, the impossible meat's really good, and... um. We weren't planning on doing the meat, but then I'm like, well, we're doing Malbec and it's It'll like nice. steak and I'm like excited. beef. So I'm like, that actually probably, probably yeah. be a good pairing. So we're doing that. Um, really long <laughs> sidebar. Sorry. <laughs> Very excited about it. Yeah. Um, Malbec. So another. Okay. Fun fact. This is actually a fun fact. Okay. Um, so Malbec was originally called Co. So mm -hmm. diving into what you already Co. briefly mentioned. Yes. Uh, and it was viewed as a subpar blending grape. And then this guy named Sior Malbec, I think he's Hungarian. He was in Bordeaux and he moved plantings from the right bank in St. Emilion over to the left bank in the Medoc. Oh, okay. It was so successful that the grape was renamed after him. So like wow. the grape growing in the left bank in Medoc, in the Medoc region, was that soil was so much more, I guess it imparted so many more flavors and it was just so much more of a, uh, of a, uh, it was just a better region yeah, for growing. That's really cool. Malbec that they, it was just, it just exploded, I guess, for a while. Um, and, and it just became a much better grape than just a blending grape. That's awesome. So they named it Malbec after him. Thank you, Mr. Malbec. Thank you, Mr. Malbec. <laughs> His last name is spelled with a K instead of a C. Oh, okay. 
So they changed it to the C because it makes it more Make French. Make it different, yeah. I guess. Oh, yeah. I, I guess that's, so. that's my guess. That makes sense. Because <laughs> it's the oh, French. Oh, because he was Hungarian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Um, so the French still consider it a second-class grape, though. Um, <laughs> since Phylloxera... Yeah, so Phylloxera obviously took out most of the vines. We talked about this in the, in the late 1800s. Um, and... We talked about how the South, like South America, wasn't affected at all by right. phylloxera, um, and so when the couple of clippings or plantings that were serv- salvaged in Bordeaux of Malbec, they started, you know, growing these again, and they realized it's still subpar to ca- like Cabernet and oh, Merlot, yeah. so they still considered it a second-class grape. And they just kind of focused, especially because phylloxera took so much from them, Mm -hmm. they focused on growing those primary noble grapes. Yeah, which is a good idea. It's what works. Right. So because they focused so much on the Cabernet and the Petit Verdot and the Merlot, they kind of essentially phased Malbec Mm -hmm. out. And and it was just doing so well anyway in Argentina. They're just like, let's just let it go. We don't need it. And then obviously the Cahors region... Mm-hmm. in France is was also doing really well with Malbec right. so they the core region decided let's really do this and do this well yeah so yeah I just thought that was really interesting that, that is really interesting. Sierra Malbec was the reason why Malbec even became a thing yeah. before it went to Argentina I did not know that's how Malbec got its actual name it's how it got its name yeah. and that's how it was known enough to actually be moved over to right. Argentina like had he never done that Nobody would have thought anything of it to move it somewhere oh, else. Oh, yeah. They would have just been like, ah, eh, this grape doesn't work. Right. Exactly. <laughs> this isn't meant for wine. Right. I wonder how many other varieties out there are just not grown in the right spot then. Right. And, and like, it hasn't been it hasn't been discovered yet as being, oh. like, a fantastic grape. This is what we could do. Oh. We could go find a grape. This, like, could this, could our, this could be our Santa Margarita. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> We go find the next great wine that's just not grown in the right it's spot. It's not in the right spot. Oh, that'd be so oh, fun. I need to learn more about viticulture. Yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> uh, okay, so second fun fact that I have. Malbec, um, I don't know if you knew this, but obviously they brought Malbec over, not just to Argentina, but, you know, to the U.S. and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a very popular grape in the U.S. before Prohibition. Really? So it was like one of the table wines... Interesting. In the U.S. before Prohibition, like Aww. above Cabernet, above everything wow. else. So like obviously Cabernet Merlot and Chardonnay were still popular grapes mm-hmm. and popular wines, but those are popular bottled wines that were imported. Hmm. Malbec was a popular table wine grown, indig- I guess not indigenously, but grown at, like homegrown, yeah, if you will, yeah. in California. Oh, like through the Prohibition, like people had secret vines? No, it was before. It was. I wish. I wish it was that cool. I know. Um, it was uh through. It was up until the prohibition, and then prohibition came, and the government forced them to pretty much kill all of the vines. That's horrible. Which is so sad. Yeah. And like I said, it's a table wine, so it was actually considered like jug wine and whatnot. But it was still like that's what people drank. Like when they wanted their red wine, it was Malbec. That's so funny. Yeah. That's really cool. It was really cool. Um, after Prohibition ended, Cabernet took over because there was plenty of room in the mm-hmm. vineyards for new grapes to come along. And people just love Cabernet, so they started growing Cabernet. But yeah, yeah. Malbec just kind of went away. Again, Again, another region. I know, right? <laughs> it's making a comeback. Thank it's goodness. It's just in the right region now. I'm just so happy for the Argentinians. So <laughs> the third 
um, fun fact that I have. I was really sad because I wasn't finding a whole lot. I think mm-hmm. that these are pretty interesting, but I just wasn't finding a whole lot of fun facts about Malbec. That's fine. I think fun facts in general are great. Um, but this one is, I was looking for like celebrity Malbecs or I was looking for something that was, I don't know, something in pop culture. Yeah. And I only found one thing. Just one? Just one. Okay. We have yet to talk about sports ball. This is true. Wonder why. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Fun fact, I'm not that big on sports. I think I know where you're going with this. Do you? Maybe. So, um, if any of you are out there are uh, soccer fans Uh or football fans, the Boca Juniors, which is a men's professional league soccer team in Buenos Aires. Uh Uh-huh. Now, that's where my accent's failing. <laughs> Buenos Aires. Buenos Aires. There I don't go. know. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. Well, you're better. At yeah. Um, anyway, so there are three <laughs> wine labels that are currently, that I, that I found on Vivino. Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys don't know what Vivino is, it's an app where you can take a picture of the label, add it to your cellar. Mm-hmm. You can purchase it, like, online from other different, re- like, wine. You can, like, rate it and see you other ratings. You can rate it. You can see ratings from professionals nice. or other users. Yeah. It's really nice, and it has, mm-hmm. like, notes of your fruits and non-fruits and mm-hmm. how bold it is, how sweet it is, et cetera. It's really nice. It's a nice little tool. It is. Um, and on Vivino, I found they have La Mitad. La Mitad, the middle. La Mitad, uh-huh. plus one. So I guess it's, like, a score. Plus one, yeah. Right? Yeah. Malbec. So it's La Mitad, plus one, score, and, the, and then Malbec. And then they have another one. Republicans de la Boca. Republicans de la Boca. Yeah. yeah. Malbec. And then, so you've got the Spanish down. I, I got know, the French I down. Know. <laughs> it's my turn. <laughs> uh, and then 1905, which is a blend of Cab Franc, Malbec, and Petit Verdot. And yeah, so there really aren't any write ups on the wines um, or what's special of like why they named them what they were. But honestly, if anyone knows anything about them. Yeah, let us know. Please let us know. I would be, and I know you would be, I'd be oh, so yeah. pumped to get our hands on one. I know. I bet they're good. I bet they're really good. So on Vivino, they're rated at 4.0. Oh, wow. Or in 4.1. That's so it's good. a really good rating. Fun. Yeah. So I would love to try them. That's so cute. Yeah. It makes sense for a f- soccer team to have a wine level. I completely agree. And like, they, I guess they um, lost. So this was all in the early 2000s. And I guess they lost the World Cup. In oh. 03 or 04, I don't remember, mm-hmm. um, when I was researching this. I don't know a whole lot about sports. Yeah. <laughs> nope. <So. laughs> Me neither. This is literally just from uh, memorization yeah. right now. I do like watching soccer. I, 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 like, I like going to soccer games. Mm-hmm. I like going to baseball games. I like going yeah, to basketball too. games. Yeah, going is I different. Like, I like to yeah. drink a beer and sit and, yep. and chat. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Not pay attention to what's going on. <laughs> People watching the popcorn. energy around, and that's perfect. Yeah. That's all I need. <laughs> I love it. I miss going to the U of L basketball games. Yeah, it was nice to go. I'm excited to go to um, like once oh, everything uh, comes back. Our our minor league soccer yeah, team. Yeah, our soccer team. So Louisville City. Louisville City just. Oh, I can't wait either. Opened our freaking stadium during the middle of the pandemic. Yeah. I know. And it's so insane. we, yeah, our yeah, it'll get a ton of use. This summer, hopefully. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Uh, but anyway, 
I don't know a whole lot, but I guess they like lost the World Cup. So mm-hmm. and the write up on like wh- the article that I was reading that was telling me about this, the the author um, said that they made a wine specifically so they could drown their tears. Oh my god! And like. Or I guess either drown their tears in or celebrate with the label of their team. Wow! Yeah, it was like something really cute. It was like it was cute. It was like sad but like cute too. Yeah, like I don't. It was anyway. Love it. They had a couple of other labels that were like associated with some of the famous players from the team, and but it I can't find anything anymore. But anyway, I thought that was a fun fun little story. Yeah, Yeah, that's all I have. Wonderful. I'm ready to They're really wine. long. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's okay. They're very interesting. I thought so. I don't think they were that yeah, long. Yeah, let's, let's please. Let's taste. Let's drink some wine. All right. You ready? I'm ready. Are you all ready? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I so. how, how are you going <laughs> to I don't know. <laughs> you ready for this? Da-na-na-na. Okay. Uh, uh. Whatever. <laughs> all right. So we're going to start in Argentina. We've got the Catena Malbec 2018. Um, just looking at the label, I think it's fun. It says high mountain vines, so we know we're at that high altitude, which is yeah. cute. Um, it's also got a 94-point sticker on the front by James Suckling, so that's also fun to note. Um, yeah, so let's get into it. So we're starting with our site. Let's put that over a white background if you have one. And we're seeing a very purple wine. Super purple. Super purple. Definitely some staining. A little bit of rim variation. It's quite fuchsia on the on the rim, but definitely dark in color, and it's pretty clear. I can almost see my hand through it. Maybe not quite. Um, and a good amount of legs. It's got. It's she leggy. She leggy. She leggy. She got those legs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> let's smell it. Mm. Wow. That smells great. It really does smell great. So. I meant to point this out earlier. We are still in the new world with Argentina, so we should be getting some yummy frites right up front. <laughs> frites. <laughs> I did say that weird. <laughs> it just... It slips out every now and then. I just love it so much. Well, that somebody does. I don't know where it comes from. It just happens. My mom has, like, weird words that come out too and i just think it's, it's so endearing to me. <laughs> okay good glad you can appreciate i do <laughs> okay so tons of black fruit right blackberry black all cherry, day blackberry all day. black like blackberry times three they're ripe um, they're just like they're ripe and yep fresh and ready to eat pop them in your mouth with a nice exactly. juicy explosion still a lot of other stuff going on though yeah, I'm um, getting a lot of dried herbs, mm-hmm. tobacco, some leather, maybe some shoe polish. Agreed. And maybe just a hint of oak. I'm yeah. not seeing a whole lot of American, maybe. Just um, some French. Now that, so, I mean, we've said, we say this all the, every episode, but, yeah. um, so we've had, we've tasted this before. Yeah, and the, the episode. It's sitting in our glass. So it's been sitting in the glass for a minute, and I'm getting, now that it's been sitting in the glass, I'm getting um, a little bit of mint. Ooh, I get that. I can see that for yeah. sure. <clears throat> like that dried herb is actually kind of brightening yeah. up and opening up to, to I mint. Love it. Let's taste it. Cool. Mm. Mm-hmm. So smooth. This is delicious. Medium, medium plus acidity. So that's that acidity from those diurnal shifts. <laughs> Thank goodness for that. There are some tannins, but they're not crazy. They're quick. They just kind of coat my tongue and slide away. <clears throat> it's warm. 
It's definitely got some alcohol in it. Yeah, it's quite warm. And now we're getting maybe a little of that gamey, bloody. Yeah, that iron is the iron is kind of coming coming through. through. Mm -hmm. Um, a little bit of little bit of cocoa, like dusty cocoa. Yeah, which is very typical. This is very traditional Mendoza Malbec. This This is is so good. If you want to know what a Malbec from Mendoza is supposed to taste like, this is it. This is great. This is the one. In our opinion, for sure. No. No. Fact. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I'm just like, don't want people to be like, well, that's not my meal. I don't agree. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we think. (laughs) Yes, it is our opinion. Oh, I love on the back, too. It says that it grows at the foothills of the Andes Mountains. Mm. So we're just in it. Mendoza. Gotta love it. Cool. So good. All right. Now we're psyched for this next one because you don't find Cahor Malbec very often. Shout out to Mr. Zipperly for snagging this for us. Yeah. We have a friend. We have a couple friends in the industry. Oh, who- just a few. <laughs> <laughs> all of uh, our friends. <laughs> all, like literally every single yeah. one of our friends. Hey, everyone. <laughs> um, one of our friends who uh, is, a, is a wine distributor. Yes. And so he yes. gets the hookup in all, on a lot of... He actually used really to work at the wine bar I work at, and now he has moved on up into the distribution world, and he loves this region. And it's one of his favorites. It is. So when we do cover region-specific, I told him he'd come on and, and talk with us. Yeah, absolutely. He would be fun to have I was on. Gonna say, I was going to say we were going to bring him on at I, some point. Yeah, so. we definitely will. And he's he. I love the way he talks about wine, so that'll be fun. He is a quite an energetic, fun person yes. to listen to. He'll so. be a lot of fun on here. Yeah. So. Hey, Adam, thanks for the wine. <laughs> we appreciate it. Uh, you're bringing more, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> so I don't know if you guys have smelled this yet, but it's quite different. It is still very purple. Um, it has quite a bit more rim variation, I think. It's like magenta on the rim. It is. It's like a deeper, larger rim, and it's like more magenta. I agree. I'm still and it's staining. It's like clearer. More clear, agreed. But still purple. It's still yeah. purple. And that's, yeah, it's that's still the, the same color. Now this one doesn't see any oak. If you if you do have this one on the back, it says it spends six months in a concrete tank, so that's quite interesting, I think. And the nose is very different. Oof, red fruits this time, right? Raspberry. I'm getting raspberry. Cranberry. Cran- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you like literally talking. Uh, no. I get some like red cherry too. Yeah, I think maybe even a little bit of black cherry. I think there's a hint of black fruit too. So we're we're experiencing both. Yeah. Um, Super floral. Very floral. Like, all the flowers. Like, a pretty bouquet. Violet Bouquet, bouquet, however you want to pronounce it. (sighs) Definitely some funk, though. Like, some dust. I get... (sighs) Yeah. And it's it's like... It's like, I don't want to say perfumey, but it is... It's like, I think that floral is what's... And I don't think it's quite as aromatic as the first one. No, I agree. It's a little more... You have to hunt for a little bit more. Yeah. All right, I'm excited. Wow. Wow, that's so much different. Honestly, I feel like the tannic structure is quite similar. But it's it is, much lighter. It's, it's Okay, so the body is lighter, mm-hmm. but I feel like I get more acid and I get a little bit more tannic. A little bit more, yeah. Yes, and more acid. I think so, too. <clears throat> it's a little more... The structure is a little bit more elevated. And that raspberry and black cherry carries that raspberry, over. Yeah, and in and, and old world style, the raspberry and cherry are more tart, less ripe. Correct. Uh, on the palate than it is on the mm-hmm. nose. It's different. 
That's really cool. So other than fruit, I'm getting, again, it's very floral. Mm-hmm. I'm getting dusty pantry. Mm-hmm. I, uh, Still getting that iron, too. I'm getting a very, yeah, it's quite iron heavy. Um, the 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 combination of the floral and this dusty it's pantry so reminds me of my grandma's house <laughs> in a good way. <laughs> like, you know, the like the residual perfume in her closet and then, you know, going into the kitchen and her in her yeah. pantry with all the canned goods and stuff. Like that that just it's 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 very reminiscent. That's reminiscent, but it's also um I guess indicative of old world for me. Yeah. It's just like oh, whenever sure. I get that super dusty earthy I guess I don't know. Yeah. Every any wine that reminds me of my grandma's house is an old world wine for like, me. That's so that's a or good least, tell for you. Or at least a French <laughs> wine for me. That's a good tell for you. And yeah, yeah I, I love that. This is a good little easy drink in red, I think. Mm-hmm. I think this would be better with food. Hmm. Hmm. We'll we'll let you know. We're gonna have some enchiladas. I agree. I think I things. think with that acid, it needs it needs some extra fat. Yeah. I think it'd to be help balance it. Mm-hmm. Fantastic with food. This is so good. This I haven't is had. Delicious. I mean, we haven't had. This might be Elena's first Malbec from Cahors, and this is really only my second or third. Yeah. And it's it's been it's a treat having it on here. This it's is been so really exciting. Fun. Yeah. Cool stuff. Hope you guys like these. Yeah. Enjoy. In summary, Argentinian Malbec tends to bring those black fruit flavors, softer acidity, and a chocolate-smooth finish. And in France, where in Cahors, Malbec is a little bit different. Expect a much lighter style with more red fruit and floral herbal aromas. And price points for these are kind of on the same scale. You're going to be starting around $13 and kind of get up to the $25 price point, with the sweet spot being $17, $18. And you exceed that $25 price for those top quality Malbecs. Are you ready to be quizzed? I am, hopefully, ready to be quizzed. Okay. <laughs> so I think that we're generally starting to move away from varietal-specific questions. Yeah, you can only do so many. Yeah, so I just... And Malbec was so hard to find fun facts, and it was so difficult to find other like things, so mm-hmm. I couldn't find specific cab questions, and... Frankly, I'm be- I'm a little burnt out on all the Bring pri- it on. on all the pricing and this number uh, the numbers I'm with you on that. So, um, this <laughs> oh goodness. <laughs> okay, so this one I was shocked that you didn't mention a whole lot of. So oh, this yeah? is actually kind Perfect. of ex- this is a Malbec related question, okay. and this um, so maybe you do know this. I don't know. Um, this is regarding Malbec aging. Okay. Okay. So if a Malbec is aged longer than six months in oak, what aroma will start to appear? Oh. In Malbec specifically. Mm-hmm. Aroma in oak. Hmm. I, I should say aroma I... and flavor, so characteristic. Right. I don't know that I do know this. Do I have multiple choice? Of course. Okay, let me get that. A, iron. B, tobacco. C, rose. D blueberry. Um, tobacco. Final answer. Wrong. Dang. Iron. Blueberry. Really? 
Yeah. Well, that's so fun. So this is one of the things that I found at Malbec that I found to be mm-hmm. really interesting that I thought I wanted it to be a fun fact, but I was like, this is a pr- probably a better quiz question. Yeah, yeah. Um, Malbec isn't really meant to be aged in oak for very long. Right. Like, you don't want to age in oak very long because it'll impart too many flavors, and Malbec already naturally has a lot of the flavors that oak yeah. gives it. So it brings out too many flavors. So if you age it longer than six months, especially around that tw- 10 to 12 month mark, you're actually going to get a lot of blueberry coming from it. Cool. So so it's delicious. It does sound delicious, but it's almost a fault. Really? Because it's not meant to be aged that long. That's I don't want to say it is a fault. It's almost a fault because huh. it's, I don't want to say turning it, but it's just like turning it into something that it's not meant not to, be. to be. That's interesting. But I would so love you to really try that. So like, that's a really good, If I mean, if you want to study it and whatnot. Does it take over the existing fruit or could you potentially have red, black, and blue? I, I don't know. That's I a wonder. really great question. It might be so overpowering that you it don't get It might be overpowering that you don't get the others. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's wild. That's so cool. Yeah. I did not know that. So there's a lot of really cool historical fun facts. Okay, these go into just general wine questions. Okay, okay. I'm here for it. According to Hammurabi's code... Who? <laughs> Hammurabi? Yeah, you know Hammurabi. I don't think I do. Eye for an eye. Oh, okay. That's who that is? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like Hammurabi. Harambe? What? <laughs> Harambe. <laughs> Save Harambe. <laughs> Justice for Harambe. <laughs> um, according to Hammurabi's code, <laughs> okay. eye for an eye, uh, Babylon. No, I know. I know who okay. you're talking about okay. now. Okay. I just Sorry. said the name. <laughs> I was like, who? <laughs> what was the punishment for being a fraudulent wine seller? Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> just no, don't know. I just a, don't know. <laughs> a, drinking your product until you die. Whoa. So think like straight up Game of Thrones, yeah. pour that wine Ugh, down your throat and poisoning. Yeah. Gross. B, imprisonment in the top of a tower. Rapunzel. C, chopping off your selling hand. <laughs> you have one selling hand? <laughs> like, I guess it's like <laughs> metaphorical. Your hand that's Your pouring hand? Your yeah. drinking hand? Sure. Okay. Uh, D, drowning in a river. Ugh. Like forced to drowning in a river, obviously. All right, so you're selling fake wine, or you're not licensed, or whatever oh, it might, whatever it might be that makes you a fraudulent wine seller. All right, so you're either getting your hand chopped off, <laughs> you're either drowning in a river, you're either dying from alcohol poisoning. What was the last one? Uh, imprisonment at the top of a tower. Huh. <sighs> I mean, wow, these don't sound like very reasonable punishments. <laughs> no. <laughs> None of them. Hammurabi really wasn't that reasonable. Okay, so this is the eye for an eye guy. Okay, so if he's like, okay, you're selling fake wine, then you, I mean, if, uh, I'm thinking like Hammurabi. He's getting his hand chopped off. No, you're drowning it. Alcohol poisoning. Final answer. Alcohol poisoning? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> You're drowning in a river. They really? force drown you in a river. Oh my god. Oh, so you I have know. to die? You have to die. I guess I chose dying too. Wow. But you have to die by being like forced in a yeah. river and like dr- <laughs> Like what do they tie rocks to your Because feet? you sell fraudulent wine. That's well that's how up. that's how like religious it was. Oh, how religious yeah, wine was. Then. Yeah. Whew, it's like it's like not. it's like almost um, 
blasphemous, you know? Yeah. I do not miss, or I do not wish. I miss. I know. <laughs> she lived back I don't miss living back <laughs> Oh my I do not wish it on anyone. You have, you are immortal. Yeah, you didn't know that. I have an immortal friend. This is yeah, amazing. I didn't, I can't believe this hasn't come up. Damn it. Yeah, I don't even age. I look like this all the time. Well, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, 473 years old. I'm actually so a vampire. So you weren't there during that's why we, Hammurabi. That's why we have to, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is why we have to record at night, because I'm a vampire. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That mm-hmm. makes so much sense. Yeah. <sighs> so I made up the other ones. Okay. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I had fun with those. <laughs> those are really good. Chopping off a hand. Your selling hand. <laughs> I was like, huh? <laughs> but it was like that one was suspicious. odd enough to like maybe be believable. Well, you almost picked it. I did almost pick it, because I'm like, oh, because he's like, eye for an eye. I tried to, yeah. I don't think drowning in a river is the same thing. No. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, so, what, question three. Mm-hmm. What is claimed by some professionals to be the ideal size of a wine bottle? Professionals, like wine professionals? Sure, and it's claimed by some, so it's not okay, like, okay. it's not fact. Okay. Okay, so A, a standard wine bottle, 750 milliliters. Uh-huh. So the ideal size of wine bottle. Um, yeah, uh, I, I'll go into it after. Like for like preservation or aging? Preservation, or? aging, um, taste profile Tasting. because of uh, how much oxygen touches the wine okay. in the bottle. Okay. okay, so a standard 750 milliliter, mm-hmm. a Magnum 1.5 liter, mm-hmm. an Imperial 6 liter, or D, a split 187 milliliter, hmm. which is a quarter. Just like one glass. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I mean, I would think a 750 just because that's what we do all the time. But I'm going to say a split. Wrong. Meh. Magnum? Magnum. Really? Because apparently, so it's two full bottles. Uh-huh. Right? So it's mm-hmm. a two full bottle size. And so that means... I guess the way that the surface area inside the bottle and how much it, t- it touch it, the the liquid touches. Oh, I see. And the least amount of oxygen touches it. Yeah. But like, well, they the imperial, not? but the imperial yeah. and the bigger ones. Apparently, it's like not enough. It's like the perfect. Uh, like I said, it's some claimed by some. Some, yeah. That it's like the perfect amount of oxygen to touch the wine before, like. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. I'd never heard that before. I thought it was interesting, That too. is really interesting. I've never thought about it. So, like, the best wine to drink is from a Magnum, apparently. Oh. Uh, so, we should only be dr- buying Magnums from Magnum. now on. Magnums. <laughs> we have some Magnums at the restaurant right now. That's a good selling point. Yeah. I'll let people know. I agree. We have some famous Magnums we need so to the only reason, <laughs> the only reason that, I guess, people drink 750s is it's easier to carry, and it's like... Yeah, easier to pack, and it's just it's just that like makes a, sense. Yeah, and it's like if you're gonna open a bottle, it's if you're gonna open a four magnum, bottle or it's four glasses. Yeah, if you're gonna open a magnum, you better have a crowd, right? You know, well, or you know, you're gonna have a have good two, night ahead of you. Bottle <laughs> 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 each, really good night. Yeah, seriously, you got to plan on drinking it all. That's eight. That's eight glasses at least. 
right? Depend upon it depends on how big your glasses are. Well, if you're okay, six I ounce my pores. my glasses are six ounce pores. Usually mine are too. Well, like seven or eight. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. Um, but that standard but the pour, standard, the standard yeah. pour is six ounces. What we're used to pouring. I guess some people disagree. They think that the standard pour is five ounces. Mm-hmm. So five five glasses in a bottle or four glasses in a bottle, depending right. on your pour. Um, yeah. But the 750 milliliter is 25 ounces. Yeah. It's like 24 point something yeah. mm-hmm. ounces. So, yeah. Close enough. That's awesome. Yeah. I thought that was pretty fun. I wonder, I wonder, we should just get our hands on some Magnums then. And okay. <laughs> try to drink this. With my arm. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? That'll be fun. Um, if you guys have any questions at all, please DM us. If you just want to shout out and yeah. say, hey, we love you, let us know. Um, we just love hearing from you guys. Yes. Um, follow us on Instagram at betterwithwinepod.com. Oh, sorry, at betterwithwinepod. <laughs> Don't forget about our website, Check though. Check out our website, <laughs> betterwithwinepod.com. Um, fun fact, you can also listen to our podcast on our website. Yeah. I don't know if a lot of people know that. Yeah, I, I, we have the uploaded the episodes there too. So it's like if you don't, if you can't listen or don't listen on your um, Spotify or your Apple Podcasts or whatever, you can't mm-hmm. get to that for some reason. Our website is right there, and yep. we have those episodes right there on our website. Super convenient. Um, also on the website is our calendar, which will have all of our upcoming episodes mm-hmm. uh, that we have projected for the next. For the rest of the season, we also have all of our wines of the international wi- yes, uh, international wine days. Yeah, I love it. And then and what keep, else? keep your eyes out um, next Monday for our next episode. The wines you have to buy for our next episode. Yeah, <laughs> so it's gonna be Riesling. It's gonna be a really really cool episode. I'm excited. I'm so excited. Be prepared for a lot of because <sighs> I have a lot to talk about. <laughs> but the wine, the wines are gonna be. The wines are so good. Okay, I'm going to actually preface this now because um, it's important. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a different kind of style. It's a different style. So when you guys see the pictures, a picture of the wines next week, it's the same maker. Both bottles are from the exact same maker. They look like they're the exact same wine, but they're not. They both have the same labels. They're both by the same maker, but they are different because one of them is called one of them has the word cabinet on it, K-A-B-I-N-E-T-T. And the other bottle has the word Spatelesa on it, mm-hmm. S-P-A-T-E-L. <laughs> yeah, that's S-P-A-T-L-E-S-E. Yeah, who knew? One word is going to make a world of difference. It's going to make a world dif- of difference. And the reason why we're doing this is because we are wanting to talk about this, the ripeness levels and if you will, sweetness levels mm-hmm. of different Rieslings. And we're going to try them because they're from the same maker side by side of why, how the differences are going to be and how wildly different mm-hmm. the flavors are going to be side it's by side. It's going to be so cool. It's very cool. I'm very excited. So um, if you guys have any questions about that before the Riesling episode, please give us a, a yeah. shout out. Um, email us or DM us or whatever. Facebook, Instagram, website, email. I don't care. And tell your friends. Tell your friends. (laughs) Please tell your friends. Word of mouth is the best way to spread the word. Um, And that's all I got. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in. We hope we made your day, morning, evening, afternoon, midnight, whatever. Better Better with with wine. wine.